Good evening. Um, we're holding over here today at Imperic Tess and Agaris Achuva, the ninth chapter. It's on page 196, and these Tanyas and the red ones, I'm not exactly sure. Find the Agaris Achuva, Imperic Tess. Um, the classes that we're having now in Agaris Achuva, I want to mention, did not mention it last week, but I do want to mention it today. Um, it was dedicated and sponsored by Shmuel and Malka Stroll, by Mordechai and Chaya Michal Sladowitz, in honor of their children, by David and Shana Hoch, and by Daniel and Malka Heyman. This is in honor of his parents, Yahu ben Avram Nisan. This was Daniel's, Daniel Heyman's parents. May the Nisham have a great aliyah. And brachas to everyone that dedicated these classes. It's very special Indian to learn this at the time that we're learning it right now. As we mentioned last week, we concluded the eighth chapter, but I uh, was a little bit uh, tired and uh, I left a lot of uh, things uh, not tied together in the eighth chapter, a couple of inyanim that I wanted to speak about before we continue on to the ninth chapter. So in Parakhes, he basically uh, explains the idea of, he concludes the, 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 the idea of Chuvatata, what is Chuvatata, the lower Chuva, because the whole uh, Gerasa Chuva is based on, a, on an idea that there's two Chuvas. There's something called the lower Chuva, and then there is an, uh, something called the higher Chuva. One relates to the lower hay of God's name, Tashuv hay, based on the Zohar, Tashuv hay returning the hay. Um, the other one is based, is affecting the higher hay of Hashem's name, the former hay, which is Tasho of hay returning the upper hay. And uh, so what? So we were learning primarily in, in Parikhas, he concludes the, the idea of the lower tshuva, and he introduces us to the higher tshuva. And what is the general theme of the lower tshuva versus the higher tshuva? The lower tshuva is rectifying pagamim. There is pagamim, there is a blemish in the soul when a person does a sin. There is a blemish in the soul, and the blemish, the blemish as we went through a garrison tshuva, we found there are a few different nuances related to this blemish, what it entails in this blemish. Number one is the cutting oneself off from Hashem. As we learned that the neshama is compared to a long rope that has 613 strands, and each mitzvah is another rope of connection to Hashem. When a person is negligent in a mitzvah or violates one of the prohibitions and the like, they are cutting one of the strands of the rope. If they do a big avera, one is at a chai of kares, they are cutting a, a, major, a major artery, a major element. There could be lesser ones. And as he calls it, nifsak chevel hamshacha, the flow of divine vitality to the neshama, Chasr Shalom gets nifsak, gets interrupted. That was one aspect that we learned. Another aspect that happens that he learned in another similar example, but the same idea, cutting off, we learned was like the sun, which is the Ebishter, the sun, which is a mashal for Hashem, shines upon the neshama, and when you, Chasr Shalom, a person does an Avera, he puts partitions, something like clouds that are blocking the sun. And as a result of, right, and the, and the tshuva, is supposed to remove those clouds and remove those barriers to, re, to make the connection again. Um, so that was, and the, the chiddish, the, the, the accomplishment of 
that mushal of using the analogy of, a, of the clouds or a partition against the sun over the rope is that, he, that one shouldn't differentiate between little, little sins. Because like this, you might person might say, well, it's a little sin, it's not a major artery. So true, but as, as you brought the example that if a person does many sins, even if it's the same sin many times, if, even if it's a minor sin, it's like placing many partitions. And that creates a great barrier between the neshama and Hashem. So that's the second, chas, a second inyan that he brings is affected as a result of a person's sin. Another inyan that he brings, which is related to this idea of the pagam in the nefesh, is that once a person, chas v'shalem, does an avera, he allows, as a result of this disconnect, um, he allows the klipa, the impurity, the forces of unholiness, to gain access to his soul. And they begin deriving energy from his nesham. And this is like an infection. The parasites start creeping in, the leeches or wherever they are, uh, come in, bacteria, and they start deriving energy and becoming nizgaber, they become intensified as a result from a person's avera. Um, that's what he also refers to as levushim tsayim, filthy garments. Where he brings from the Gemara the idea of malafafisai. When a person does an avera, the sin encircles the person and it's etched upon him. And even after the neshama leaves the body, the sins go along with it. They remain attached. They remain, they remain, they remain um, uh, stuck and um, attached to the nefesh. You continue unless the person removes them. So these are all in yanim in pigame hanefesh, in pigame hanefesh. When a person does, so the lower tshuva comes to remove this pigam hanefesh on all the three levels that we spoke about earlier. In the pigam, as we said earlier, the disconnect. So the first thing is, let's first see what the first thing is. The first thing that the tshuva tata does, the lower tshuva is, so we'll see what the lower tshuva consists of. But the first thing that the lower tshuva does is, is it heals the pigamim. Which means that it 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 the bruises these 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 uh, these uh, these leaks these um, punctures that the soul has been punctured as a result of a person's sin the various different wounds which allow for the blood to leak which allows for the chitzonim to take life from this neshama that is that is healed the pegamei nefesh are healed. And therefore, the chitzonim, the forces, the klipa, the impure forces, the forces of the unholy forces or the dark forces within, a, within creation, cease to have access to the neshama. It's like, you know, your email has been broken into, like happened to me last week, and they hacked it, so you have to put a new password and that the hackers don't have access anymore. First thing is you have to stop the, the, the infiltration. You put a new code, you put a new password, you fix, fix up what's there. And, and if, there, if, there was, if there was a virus planted, you have to undo the virus, the virus from the computer. In the same case, you have to undo the virus that's in the soul. So that's one Indian that happens, the first thing that happens when a person does Truvatata. There is a removal of the Yenikas, the Pigamim are healed. When the Pigamim are healed, there's no more Yenikas Sachitzayim. As a result of that, what happens? The Nisham is able to reestablish contact with the Abishter. So the string that has been disconnected, that has been severed, or the or the strands of the sin, the, of the of the of the um, of the sin that has been uh, of not, not of the sin, the strands of the strings of the rope 
that, have, that, that are the threads of the rope that have become severed are retied again, which means the neshama gains back its connection. Or in the other mashal that we gave, the clouds blocking the sunlight, he uses the word that when you do tshuva, you bring this massive spiritual wind and ruach of rabbi, when the wind comes, vatetareim, and it like just like a sky that is full of clouds, and a strong, powerful wind comes and blows away the the clouds, and then the sun is shining again. And the same is true on a person on a nefesh. The abishter is 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 like compared to the sun. The nefesh is like a person living on the you know down here, and there are clouds that are blocking. And as a result of tshuva, so this, as we said earlier, the rope is reconnected. The clouds are, the partitions are removed, and the infections are gone. All of that is all part of the lower tshuva. The lower tshuva restores the nefesh to its condition that it was before the person sinned, when the person was still a tzaddik, when the person was still living in this world. And uh, as a Jew, we're, we have a natural born connection. We don't have to create a connection. We have a natural born connection with the Abishter. With Hashem, Chas v'Shalom Averis come and they and they and they and they can cause some kind of a disconnect in that connection. As a result of tshuva, we repair it on all these on all these in all these aspects. What is tshuva tata? What is the tshuva that restores the neshama to the way the soul was before the person ever sinned? The tshuva tata he explained are two things that we learned in Perek Zayin. Number one is a it comes about through a feeling of rachamim, when a person has a feeling strong pity and compassion for his neshama, when he feels, and, and, and as we're going to see soon, for the shechina as well, that is the source of the neshama, and when you feel compassion for your soul, and you, you, and you thereby, when you feel compassion for your neshama, you ma'ore rachamim, you ma'ore God's rachamim. And when Ma'orer Hashem's Rachamim, it's not ordinary Rachamim that we're Ma'orer. It's not regular compassion. It's the highest and deepest compassion that a person evokes and stimulates and shakes when a person does tshuva. Which level of compassion? He says it's the compassion as is in the Keser, as the Beligvul, the infinite compassion. This is called the Yud Gimon Midas Rachamim, the 13 attributes of mercy that we keep on evoking. We begin this Matzah Shabbos, Ashkenazim, we begin saying Slichos. And the slichos keep on saying Hashem Hashem Keracham Bachanon, which we said in the Hashem Hashem Keracham from the 13 attributes of mercy comes the Nikoi HaPegamim, the cleansing of all Pegamim. Because it says in the 13 attributes of mercy, it says Venake, that Hashem cleans. Noise Avein, he lifts the sin, Venake, and he cleans the bruise that happened in the soul, the wound that happened in the summer, or the infections that happens in the soul are all clean, cleansed. As a result of the Yud Gimel number one. Number two, you also have to kill the parasites. So you have to pour something really intense upon them to kill these forces, these, these disinfection, the bacteria. has to be killed. So how do you kill them? By radiation. What's the radiation you give them? The radiation you give them is you break their ego. The whole clip is based on, 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 on an unjustifiable inflation of self just the the, the, the the ego just bloats itself up like without any basis of I am you feel so proud feel so like I'm so important and I'm so great so when you take yourself to task and look at yourself really carefully say I'm not really and you break come to a broken heart that's the breaking of the klipa and it's through these two things shvira salev 
the breaking of a heart. And he explained the Perik sign, how do you do that? He says, if you're a master of accounting, generally a person looks, you don't look, <laughs> it's like, you know, before Pesach, you look in, you say, oh, the, 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 generally all week, or every week or every few weeks, you clean the fridge. Clean the fridge. So you open the fridge, take out whatever is, you know, old vegetables or old things that are sitting around, did not get eaten. Baruch Hashem, that's the problem today's days. Used to be the problem there wasn't a morsel of food. We're living in the times of Mashiach already. So the, the problem is that we have too much food in the fridge. And we always have like old vegetables that are sitting there. What am I going to do with them? So I have one. You throw them out. Uh, 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 and so then you throw them out. Okay, so you clean out the fridge from time to time for extra stuff. Milk is going sour. This is going here. Something spilled. You wipe it off. But before Pesach, you start taking out all the shelves and all the things. You take a look and you see there's a whole bunch of gook that you didn't see. Because you do a good inspection, you find it. And that means marud chushbana. You take a little, you start really looking, oh, 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 you find a whole bunch of stuff that a person generally doesn't like to see because a person likes to cover up on all his, his or her faults. Because with love, we love ourselves, self-deception, and the self, we're blinded by self-love, we don't see. But you don't really need to really look for bad, you just have to, you just have, to have an accounting of what I have been doing. See, that, that's a very important idea. You don't have to look for bad, you just have to look through your day. Like this, we forget what we've done. <laughs> so we look through our days and our years and our time of how much time is wasted and how much time we've been doing silly things. And so you come with a cheshben and you say, Oy, you know, I'm not really... Um, uh, there's, there's a big mess. There's a big mess that needs to be cleaned up. So this is all part of the lower tshuva. These are the two in Yanim that a person needs to take into heart in order for them to have a full, complete lower tshuva. Of the lower truth. Okay, so this restores the nefesh to its spick and span condition. This cleanses, rectifies, rehabilitates the soul that the soul doesn't have pigamim. The nisham is the, the, the chevel, the rope that has disc, that has become severed, is now tied, is, is again connected to its source. The flow is flowing again. The nisham is healthy again. It's receiving its vitality. There's no blockages. Gewaldic. Now I just want to say, important to note, as the tshuva tata affects the soul down here below, to in order to restore the neshama to its healthy state, the same is also lamaila above, in the supernal source, there is a, there, there is a dimension of God, of the divine, that is seriously impacted negatively as a result of our sins. And that is the attribute both. As a result of our mitzvahs, this is the primary place that benefits. In other words, the question is always in Kabbalah and in Hasidus and in philosophy, does it really make a difference to God whether we're doing mitzvahs or not doing it? On the one hand, we want to say that it does. Because if we say it doesn't make any difference to Hashem, anything we do, then everything we're doing, we're doing for ourselves. And there are people who live with that philosophy that where all your Torah and mitzvahs that you do is only for yourself. And it's nothing that Hashem couldn't kill less. It's not really for Hashem. Hashem wants to do you a favor. It's all for you. And you hear that many play. I went to a mitzvah once from an important rabbi's son. It was, 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 was a student of mine. And the kid had bar mitzvah, so I went to the bar mitzvah. And I heard the father giving a drasha by the bar mitzvah. And the father was telling his son, don't you think for one minute that, you're, that, that, that from your mitzvahs, the Abish to really, you know, you're not going to make or break the Abish this day when you do the mitzvah, so you don't do the mitzvah. 
It's really ultimately for your benefit. I'm listening to this, and I'm thinking, like about, if I'm the kid who's bar mitzvah, why would I want to do mitzvahs? For me? Well, there's so many other people. I have so many salesmen all day long telling me what's good for me. So, okay. So, Tyra says, this is good for me. And this guy's telling me that this is good for me. And this one tells me that if I'm going to buy in this car, and I'm, this is good for me. Everybody has a different thing that's good for me. So when my son had bar mitzvah over here, I gave the total exact opposite speech. Don't think you're putting on tefillin for the benefit. Yeah, for sure. You're a year, you're connected to the Abish to everything. But you should know that when you put on tefillin, you make the Abish this day. Ooh. How, who, which yid can refuse to make the Abish this day? This is talking going to make the Abish to happen. So am I right or he's right? And the answer is both are true. They're both emes. There's various different levels of the Abish's relationship to the creation, to the world. In the level called Shechina, over there the Abishter is very, very much impacted by the good we do and by the negative that we do also. And Avera Chas causes a, not stam, a blemish. It causes a horrible Golos HaShechina. As we explained earlier, it means two things. First of all, it cuts the Shechina off from receiving vitality from the higher flow. It separates the hay, the hay, the hay tata, the lower hay, from the previous letters of the Yudke Vavke, and thereby causing a separation between husband and wife, between the Abishta, between Akadish Baruch Hu and the Shekhinah. It also allows the Klippas to receive extra vitality from the Shekhinah. And the Shekhinah is giving life to those aspects, to those beings that the Shekhinah doesn't want to win life. And as a result of our Maisetachtenim, of our work, it disaffects the Shekhinah. Why? Because we are the Shekhinah. Because our souls are d- deeply intertwined with the Shekhinah. We're pieces of the Shekhinah. So if we're giving life to the Klippa, it allows, it causes up there above the, the life to flow to the Klippa as well. That's on the level of Shekhinah. And mitzvahs, on the other hand, increase. First of all, it brings the flow of godliness to good things. We're channeling God's life into, into good things. So it takes the Shekhinah out from the negative things that we put her into. And we're getting the Shekhinah, just like we're getting ourselves involved in good, we're getting the Shekhinah involved in good. And number, and, 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 and uh, right? So that's, 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 uh, that's that. And um, so that's through mitzvahs. And we're also causing a connection from the higher attributes, from the Yud Vav, to flow into the Shekhinah. We're causing a bond. That's why before every mitzvah, there are those who say, it's a total opposite of an Avera. An Avera causes a period between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Shekhinah. And this causes a unification. Simply, in simple words, why is that? HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Shekhinah is the life force of creation. It's God's investment in creation. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is God Himself. Shekhinah is God's investment in the creation. So when we're doing good things in the world, the Abishtah loves his creation more. So he draws, he draws close to his Shekhinah. But when the world is doing things that for us that are against Hashem's will, so what is that causing? It's causing a distance. So then the Abishtah, then the, then the creation becomes distasteful. And Hashem's wife is not attractive to him anymore. The Shekhinah is like the part of Hashem. And, and that's a problem. That's a, that's a separation. So these are the levels where our mitzvahs have very, very big impact. But then there is, of course, the transcendental, infinite, the levels of Kesar, of the Ein Sof. We're over there, the Abishter stands in a state of what, what it says in Shleim HaMelech, 
all the good, and if you're going to be righteous, what are you giving him? on the many multitudes of sins, matifal. How have you hurt him? Hashem is not being hurt by your good, because everything is taking place within a finite reality, with a finite creation, and the Abish is infinitely beyond that. Right. So on that sense, yeah, over there the Abish did give us tyrannies, was from that level as well. But over there is to benefit us. But he's not impacted by it. So both are true. There is an MS to what, the, what he was saying, this rabbi by himself. I just personally think that probably to motivate a child to do mitzvahs, if you tell your children that this does make the Abishter happy, instead of telling your children that this is all about yourself. First of all, then, 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 then the avoid of Torah mitzvahs then is a selfish kind of a thing. It's another aspect of you doing something for yourself. Secondly, look, if I'm doing it for me, then, then sometimes I feel like it, sometimes I not feel like it. I don't feel like it, but if I'm doing it for the Abishter, how can I? It's the the Abishta needs this. Not I need this. It'll make a difference if I'm in the mood. The Abishta needs this, and and a Jew wants to make wants to every Jew wants to do what Hashem wants. So um, back to what we're saying. So it comes out that um, the the Shechina is impacted as a result of that in the same way that our neshama. We said our, the the parasites that come upon our soul as a result of sin latch themselves onto the Shechina. The separation and the disconnect from our neshama, from Hashem, which we explained like the rope that gets cut off, similar is also a separation between the Shechina and HaKadosh Baruch. Now when we do tshuva tata, when we do the lower tshuva, we're restoring our soul back to a perfect connection to Hashem. We're also restoring the lower hay, the Shechina, back to her perfect connection, to her source. And that's why, which means, and the avoid of tshuva doesn't only involve the person down here, it involves, we said earlier, what, what are you doing when you're doing tshuva? You are primarily, you're feeling compassion for your neshama. But it's not only for your neshama that you're feeling compassion, it's also for the shechina that you're feeling compassion. And even if you can justify yourself being in a dark place, you can never justify dragging the shechina into your darkness. So over there you feel terrible compassion. As he says in the Pasuk, and by doing that, and here's the thing, this is the most, a very, very important element over here. When we include God in our feeling of compassion, when it's not about only us, it's about the Abishter. So like this, there's always a possibility, if it's your private issue, there's always a possibility, do you deserve it or you don't deserve it? Even though the Abishter's compassion is essentially infinite, and therefore you can't say there's no limitation of who deserves or not, but even if we can imagine that there could be a question, does this person deserve, I mean they sinned so many times, do they still deserve that God should have compassion on them? Maybe not. But if it's not about me, it's about the Shekhinah, the Shekhinah definitely deserves compassion. So once the hour cry, it's like it says from the Magid, it says that when a person, when a person is in pain, they should always daven, not for their pain, but the pain of the Shekhinah. Because the Shekhinah has pain. Because it says when a person is in pain, the Shekhinah says, Kalani Meroshi, the Shekhinah has a migraine. Every pain of any person, the Shekhinah has pain. So it says, when you're davening, do daven for your pain. Daven mekoivid rosh. Einoimdim leispalal. The Mizritch and Magid says, the Mishnah Masech des Brachas, you don't get up to daven. Ela mitoich koivid rosh. Your motivation in your davening shouldn't be for your own suffering. It should be because when I'm in pain, the Shechin isn't with me. Like the, also, uh, the, 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 the Holy Ruziner explains in the Pasuk when it says, gam ki eilech, even when I go in the shadow of death, 
I don't, I don't fear bad, I'm not scared, that's a simple meaning. I know Hashem, you're with me, therefore I'm not afraid of anything. Wherever I go, even in the darkest places, even in the most dangerous places, I know you're with me, so that calms me down. But here, Achsidish Rebbe, Neshama Vatsilis, a soul of Vatsilis, how he learns the Pasuk. He read the Pasuk completely different. Gan Kielech, Begait Samavas, even when I'm going through hell. La'ira, I'm not fearing the bad. No, La'ira, I don't, I don't fear. Ra, what, what, what is bad for me, what hurts me is kiata yimadi, because you're with me, and you're suffering with me. Yeah, how he learns it? Ra, what is bad, what hurts me, see, what, what I'm going through, I'm going, for me, I can find all kinds of excuses why I deserve this. Okay. So therefore, if I, if I go through this, I deserve this pain. But ra, what hurts me is kiata yimadi, that you're with me and you're being hurt. So it says in the, it says that when a person davens like that, they're for sure going to be answered. Because all cheshbonus that they can be made lamayla, if the person deserves or not, that's been a gate to the person. But if the person's tefillah is not about himself, but the person's tefillah is about the yebishter, I will say, who can mean that sincerely? person nebuch is suffering pain. And that they should, they should they, and, and in the pain that they're suffering, they shouldn't think about their own pain, they should think about the shechina's pain. Obviously, that someone who loves the Abishter with such love, like it says in Tanya, that you love the Abishter yatir, yatir than you love yourself, more than you love yourself, like a child who loves his parents more than he loves himself. The Masar Garmit says that's the Madrega of Moshe Rabbeinu, such kind of love. So, Lechayra, so who, who, what kind of, what's this, what's to say that a person should daven like this? And the answer is, when a person is in touch with their soul, yes. The soul has such deep love for Hashem that the neshama can tolerate its own pain, but the neshama cannot tolerate the pain that the Abishter has. So just like when it comes to davening, and when we daven for Hashem's pain, we definitely will be answered. And the same is also in regards to tshuva. If I'm evoking mercy, and what's hurting me is the pain of my soul, but what's hurting me even more is the pain that the Shechina has, but the Shechina has been also dragged into this mess, into this dungeon, into this, into this cell, prison cell. And why does the Shechina deserve this? So for sure, we're Ma'or Rachamim. And what does it do? It fixes, it's Tash of Hay. It first, first, the first thing it does is, it's Mamale Kol It fills all the blemishes that there were in the Yutke Vavke, in all the letters, because as we learned earlier, the Pagam reaches in the higher letters as well. Be'ikr, it reaches in the lower hay, primarily. But it does to some degree cause some kind of blemishes, even in the higher letters as well. When we, when we do, when we're rachmim, we cause a, 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 a filling. All the holes are patched up. Everything heals. There's no more blemishes. And once there's no more blemishes, it causes what happens when, when, when there's no more blemishes. Klipa has nowhere to be yonek. The chitzonim that are taking life from the shechina, the shechina is, God forbid, a breeding ground for all the vultures and all the stuff and all the hyenas and all the stuff are coming to rip pieces, chas shalom, from the shechina as they're pecking at the shechina to take her energy, to take her, uh, her life. And as reason, once, you, once the blemishes go away, who do they go to? They go to a wounded, a, wound, a, a wounded animal. When the shechina is not wounded anymore, they can't go to her. So then everybody moves away and they all go away. Once she is healed already and the parasites and the chitzonim aren't there anymore, then she can go back and be reunited with her husband. And which means she can receive true light. 
And when she receives real light, a much greater light, she shines that light down on the world and it becomes lichtik down here as well. The world is full with bracha, the, full, the world is full with healing, the world is full with wisdom, with enlightenment, with joy, with happiness, with laughter, and ultimately with Mashiach. So we restore the Shekhinah back to the Yud Kevav. And that is the Tosh of He. But how do you fix the blemishes? How does it start? He says, because you're Rachman. Every person in their heart, doesn't make, there's, no, there's no differentiation. Every single Yid has it within their heart, especially over the next two weeks, to feel mercy, to, be, to evoke divine mercy from the deepest place. And when you devoke, evoke divine mercy, you're triggering a flow from beyond the Yud Kei from the infinite, from the Ein Sof, from God Himself as He transcends all names. And from there, you're drawing down vitality, and that fixes the blemishes. Why? Because the blemishes were only in the Yud Kei which are the channels that the Abishter set up, which are the channels of Torah and Mitzvahs. That's what the Yud Kei are. Each letter is related to a certain attribute, and in every attribute is contingent, is is plugged in, mitzvahs, the very, each mitzvah is related. Some mitzvahs are related to the vav of Hashem's name, some mitzvahs are related to the hey. So when we learn the mitzvah, when we, when we learn Torah and do mitzvahs, we're, 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 we're working the system, the system that Hashem set up. If chas v'shalom we're doing aveh, we're, break, we're, we're breaking the system, we're ruining the system. So from within the system, we can't fix it. The system has been broken, you can't fix it. You have to go beyond the system. You have to go to the pre-system. You have to go to the place in, in Hashem that's prior in Hasidus that's called, hear this, Torah Mitzvah is called the Ratzon Hashem, the will of Hashem. And Tshuva reaches not the will of Hashem, Tshuva reaches the willer, the, 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 the owner of the will, the Baal HaRatzon, the one from where the will emanates from. It reaches God before He has a will, higher than His will. And the neshama yearns for unification with Hashem Himself. So when you touch on that place, what happens? Over there you can initiate and draw forth a whole new flow of energy which cleans, rectifies all the pigamim that have been made in the Yud Kei That's why he, Meramah says, he said last week, when we're Rachmim, we get to what he called Ratzona Elyon, the Yud Gimel Midas Arachim, the 13 attributes of mercy which are related to the Ebishtah's Ratzon, and he says, Hamerum is, it is hinted to, shall Yud, on the thorn above the Yud. From the Yud itself is where Torah and Mitzvahs begin. And over there, the violation of Torah and Mitzvahs have caused blemishes. So and the only way to fill, fill the blemishes is to go to a place that's higher than the Ratz, than the, than the will, to reach the willer of the will, from where the will emanates, and from there draw forth a whole new re, 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 um, rebuild, rebuilding a relationship. Reconstructing the Yud Kei from new. From a place that's higher. In other words, from the place that I mentioned earlier, is a place where um, you say that what can the mitzvah hurt Hashem? What can it do for him? What can it harm him from that place? But that place is usually not accessible to us. Because the Abishta operates from a place where he did decide this is what's important and this is how he wants to relate to us. It's only when we do tshuva that we reach beyond the Torah.
higher than Torah. That's why Chazal say that there was someone who was doing a poll. I don't know who the poll the pollster was, but there was someone who was doing a poll, and that pollster went to the went to a wisdom and spoke to wisdom, and he said, "What should a sinner do?" And wisdom wisdom said, "A sinner should die." That means based on true wisdom. What does it mean? Wisdom recognizes the emes. Chachma recognizes the emes. What's the emes? The emes is that the Ebishter is the source of life. That's it. All, everything flows from God. So if you're sinning, chas v'shalom, disconnecting from God. Disconnecting from God means, it's not a punishment. Disconnect, pull, pull the plug out of the outlet. It does, there's, no, there's no flow. So if God is giving us existence, chas v'shalom, pulling the plug from existence means non-existence, means death. So Chachma said he should die. Then they came to, so the pollster or the surveyor went to, went to prophecy and said, hey prophecy, what should a sinner do? And prophecy said, well, you know what? Suffering can also do it. Don't have to die. Why? And probably the reason is because a person go, has suffering that crushes the ego. It breaks, and what caused the person to sin in the first place? How can a person, chas v'shalom, disregard God's commandment. It's because the person became so full of himself to think that I am, and I, I'm independent, I'm a somebody, and forgetting that every second you're dependent on the Ebershter's flow, and the person for a moment started thinking that he is the one that has power, and if I, so, and what does Yasurim do, what does suffering do? It usually crushes the ego. So then, as a result of that, the person will come back to obedience, come back to obedience, will be reconnected. So that's why there's no way that if a person sinned, how could they be rectified through suffering? So the poll continued, and they decided to go to the Torah. The Torah is higher than wisdom. There is wisdom. Wisdom is called Chachmetata, the lower wisdom. Torah is Chachmila, the supernal wisdom. And they went to the Torah, and they said, Torah, what should a sinner do? And Torah said, offer sacrifices. And it can be forgiven. What's the idea of sacrifices? You don't need the suffering itself. You don't have to chas v'shalom. The person doesn't have to suffer himself to crush his ego. He can watch it happen to the animal and then think to himself that it should have happened to me. And as a result of that, crush his ego as well. Which means the higher you go, the more lenient they are. From the, from the strict view of chachma, disconnect, disconnect, over. Nevuah is higher than chachma. So Navua says, you can go deeper. Let's look for the cause of sin. The cause of sin was the ego. So let's crush the ego through suffering. You go even higher. Chachma says you can crush the ego even if without suffering. When a person brings a carbon, and the Ramban says when a person brings a carbon, he's supposed to think that whatever is happening to carbon, one of the reasons we go take a chicken on Erev, 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 Erev Yom Kippur is to have that, even if it's just a brief second thought that we think in our minds. It's that morning, it's early morning, it's like that confusion, everybody's there, you're waking up, five o'clock, six o'clock, chickens all over, everything's running around. Sometimes in the middle of the Zechalifasi, I don't know, it's just it's one of those weirdest times in the year that has such a strange feeling, which I so dislike. But there's somewhere in the midst of that whole chaos that happens at Erev Yom Kippur in the morning, that for a brief second you get to think that the Shaykh is standing over there and the chickens are going one after another, and you think, oh, gewalt. And that's enough. And that smack, that crushes the ego. Forever. And that does what Yisurim was supposed to do. That's, but, even according to the Torah, there has to be some, but we know that, that that's limited because um, carbonus only work for, carbonus only work for 
unintentional sins, for shogeg, a carbon doesn't work for a maze. An intentional sin, a carbon doesn't work. So Torah really doesn't have the answer. So this, the pollster went and they went to God himself. And they said, Abishter, what should someone do when they did, when they did an Averim? And Hashem said, Yasa tshuva v'yizchaperla. Well, it tells you that tshuva doesn't come from all the, all the levels don't recommend tshuva because tshuva is not related to them. Tshuva comes even higher than Torah. Torah reveals to us about tshuva because every communication of Hashem to the world has to come through the Torah. But tshuva is really not the level of Torah. Tshuva is really higher than the Torah. That's why tshuva can repair the damages that were done in the Torah. It can be rectified through tshuva. So that's why... So that's tshuva. That's why we were saying it's beyond... It's from the Yud Gimel Midas Arachamim, which is higher than the Yud Kevav. Okay? And from there we draw forth a new life and a, to fix all the blemishes. Now... Um, this is basically what we did till now was basically in a summary with a few little uh, added ideas of what we uh, just to, to clarify now I wanted to um, just uh, mention something else okay so this is all, this is all the lower tshuva we didn't finish the summary because this is all what the lower tshuva accomplishes then we learned once the person has brought about this rectification. And as Neshama is restored to its perfect state like it was before the sin, now is when a whole new world opens up for the Neshama. Now the Neshama is able to engage in something called Shuvila. Shuvila means returning to God completely. Returning to Hashem in the higher Shuva means bring your Neshama back to unity with Hashem not as a creation is loyal to its creator, not as a subject loyal to, its, to his, his or her king, but to bring yourself back to a unity with Hashem to the point where both become completely one. What does that mean? How can we become one with Hashem? There is this absolute and infinite divide between creator and creation. That's true. That's true about everything besides an neshama. Because an neshama is really a piece of the creator that was inserted in the creation. Everything else, all creations, they begin as a creation. They don't exist within God. God creates them. He releases energy, and that energy creates creations. But not so an neshama. An neshama is a piece of Hashem that descends into creation, and when it goes into creation, it assumes a creation-like appearance. That's what happens to a neshama. It assumes a creation-like appearance, and it, it, which means it, 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 it gets a, it starts experiencing self-awareness. But really, in truth, it's a piece of Hashem from above. And deep inside, it always remains a piece of Hashem from above. Now, as we learned earlier, that piece of Hashem from above comes from the innermost of God, like a breath that is blown. When a person blows a breath, that breath comes from the inner, inner part of their inner, inner, deepest self. But the breath, when we use the breath analogy, we see that a breath exists on two levels. Once you blow the breath, even though the breath came from you, it's, and it comes from a deeper part of you, that's why we learned you get so tired when you blow. But yet, once you blow it, the breath is now a breath. 
And as we spoke last week, you can fill a balloon and play with the balloon. And you're you and the balloon is the balloon and you're two separate entities. That breath was once, you, once inside your chest. It was once inside, it was once your oxygen. It literally gave you life, but now it's in the balloon. It left you. But if we can trace that breath back to where it was before you blew the breath, when the breath was still in you, then the breath was indivisible, it's you. You are the breath and the breath is you. When the breath is still in, when the air is still in your lungs, then it's you. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's nothing separating it. And that's the neshama before the neshama was blown down. When the abishter, when the abishter uh, created the person, when the abishter brought about the neshama, he blew. Where was the neshama before the abishter blew? Before God blew. It was part of the Ein Sof. And it was not an entity unto its own. That's the perfect oneness with Hashem that the Neshama had. Now what happens when the Neshama is blown out? The Neshama leaves that godly state and comes down here to become a somebody. And when it enters into the body, it can become so much not God that it can ignore God completely, not even acknowledge God as the creator. And just do what it wants, chas v'shalem, in doing as not, not coming from the nisham itself, but coming from the ego, coming from the body, and the like, and from outside persuasions. Once a person is doing tshuva and he wants to come close, how close does he or she want to come? It's not enough to go back to where I was when I started because I fell from that place. What's who is to say that if I go back and I'm going to be again a good creation, a good, a good, a good acknowledging that Hashem is my master and I'm a servant that I'm going to. I began in that place and I fell. So now I must bond with Hashem on a much deeper level. Where do I have to go? If life is too dangerous to me, if life is too dangerous, because being alive in a body and having an independent consciousness can lead me, chas can leave a person, chas to become severed from God, so then what should I do? So what's the answer? The answer is, okay, then you have no choice then you cannot be a living existence, existence and a being living outside of God. you got to put yourself back into God. All right, what's with your body? How can you put yourself back into God with your body? And the answer is do it with your body. You don't have to send your neshama up that it should be united with God as it was before by the neshama leaving the body. The altar Rebbe says, do it with your body. So with my body, how can I do that? Yes, you can. When your yearning for God is so strong and so powerful, as we're going to learn in today's Tanya, and so strong precisely because you felt the distance, and precisely because you experienced darkness, and you felt all the separations, now your yearning to Hashem is so strong, you can attach yourself to Hashem and bring yourself to that state like you were before you ever came that, and do it with your body. And that is when you're going to occupy yourself at, out of this desire to bond, out of this powerful desire to bond, you're going to occupy yourself with godly things. And your intention is not to fulfill your obligation as a good Jew, to exercise, to discharge your, 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 uh, your obligations or whatever your, but your, your, your intention is union with Hashem 
then the Torah and mitzvahs that you're going to be doing is going to be done in a manner in which you are completely merged with the Abishter. And there's no, and to the point where you have, it's like when you take, um, they call it, um, it's like welding. When, when take two pieces of metal or two things and you weld them together until they become one. Here is a welding process where the person and God find, become completely attached. He's going to explain in today's Tanya that we're going to learn is you're reaching to a point where your thoughts become assimilated into God's thoughts. And at a certain point, you don't know where you begin anymore because your thoughts are His thoughts. And then you take it a little further because it's not just enough to merge your thoughts. You want to merge your speech as well. So your word suddenly, somewhere you don't even know how it happened, but suddenly in the midst of this desire to cleave and to unify with God, suddenly your mouth is not your mouth because your mouth are uttering His words, not your words. And now you're in a state of total fusion. You've welded together both in your mouth and in your thought. You can even do it in action. Because when your hands are doing what God is doing all day, what is God doing all day giving tzedakah? And when suddenly you're giving tzedakah also, and you're giving tzedakah because you have such a... So a person can give tzedakah because they have compassion to poor people. That's the way it's sad they give tzedakah. Because they have compassion to poor people. The way the Baal gives tzedakah is because the Baal just wants to be Hashem. If you want to be Hashem, you have to melt into Him. What is He doing? What is Hashem doing? Hashem is giving tzedakah. So now, when I, why is Hashem giving tzedakah? That's what Hashem does all day. What does tzedakah mean? Giving life, giving something to some people who don't have. Giving energy, giving, sustaining ones that don't have. Well, that's what God is doing. He's sustaining the worlds. The worlds have nothing. The worlds don't exist without it. So Hashem is constantly giving tzedakah. Now the moment you line up with God, with God's giving, and you're standing, and Hashem, and through your hands, let's ask the question. When Hashem is, when, when rain falls, who is giving rain? We all know, Hashem gives rain. But how is Hashem giving rain? Through the clouds. Hashem is giving rain through the clouds. I, the cloud, the clouds are giving, the Abishter is giving. How's he giving? Through the clouds. So what's the difference if, if, if I'm giving bread to a poor person, so what happened right now? God is giving the poor person bread. But he's giving it through who? Through the clouds, in this case, through my hands. So, we're, we're, so when a person has that desire of fusion and union with it, he says, I don't want to be me anymore. I just want to melt and become completely assimilated to you. But, I, but the Abraham doesn't want, it to, want, want us to do it by escaping our body, by letting our neshama free do it with your body. And completely unify, become integrated completely into the Abraham. And your moach, and especially as we're going to see, is through the Torah study. Because when you're learning Torah and when you're understanding Torah, your brain and the Abraham's brain have merged. Because you're not, it's not your ideas, it's godly ideas that are working through your brain. It's a total emergence. And here, that's called Chuvi'ilah. Chuvi'ilah is the restoration of the neshama to the point of oneness with Hashem, like the neshama was before it ever left. Like the neshama was before it ever left, before it was ever breathed out from Hashem. 
So you're not returning to innocence. You're returning to, you're returning to Hashem. To being one with Hashem. You're going back all the way, all the way, all the way to the very, very... Tashuv! Go back, 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 back to where everything started. And how did everything start? With only God. And that's where you're going back to. All the way to pre-creation. All the way to pre-existence. Back into the Abishta before He created everything. And you're unified with Him. Tashuv Hey. That tshuva, Tashuv Hey, is related to Bina. Why is it related to Bina? With the upper hay of Hashem's name. Because Bina in general is a state where, where, where the difference between a person's mochen and a person's midos, we're saying Bina means God's, God's mochen. You're going back to the Eberster's mind. The difference between a person's mochen and a person's midos is that in a person's midos, you have a relationship to others. It's the whole idea of amida. Amida means it's an emotion. Emotions are always about others. Kindness to others. I love, I love someone. So when, if you speak about the Ebershtah's midas, it means God as He's already assumed the role to be a creator of a creation and He's connecting to something outside of Him. So that's not the quintessential beginning. The Mochen, the general state of Mochen means a person as he is for himself. I, the world of the person's intelligence is private. It says that when um, Midos, emotions, thrive in company. Midos thrive in the company of others. When you're yourself and you're alone, what happens to your... If a person, if a person is a Baal Chesed, person is a very, very kind person. And he spends 30 years away from society. The kindness is not going to be as... He might still have a trace of it, but, but if you're with people and you're constantly exercising it and doing kindness and kindness and kindness, it facilitates the kindness, strengthens the kindness. So midas need people, needs company. It needs... Because midas are all about how I feel towards you, how I feel towards something outside of me. Mochen is how I understand things. That's for myself. And it says that actually the mind works better when people are isolated. When you're amongst other people, you don't get such good ideas. It's when you're alone. You can go into a quiet place. You can think. You can meditate. So the level of mochen is private. It's, in, it's inward. Midas are outward and mochen are inward. Now that we're talking about getting connected to God as God is to Himself, not as Hashem stands in a relationship to the creation, going all the way back up to the ultimate tshuva, back into the Abishter, we're talking about Bina. Connecting to the Abishter's Bina. That's like inward, within Hashem Himself. It's inward, inward, inward. Question, however, is, and here's a very, very important idea, and that is Lechaira, this idea of tshuva, that you need to return to the Abishter to a state of total oneness with Hashem that is accomplished through Limud Torah, through learning Torah with this, is something that um, you don't have to do an The Chayri has nothing to do with a Baal Tshuva. Every person, even a Yid who never ever sinned all his life, and he never did any other, and lived all his life only doing mitzvahs, and never sinning, 
should also do that tshuva. Because even that tzaddik has become a somebody. He has a consciousness, he has a, he has a self. And he, and he has moments in which he's busy with himself. He's doing things for himself. Yes, his main, in, in, his main interest in life is serving God, but he's a somebody. And that is a very, 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 that's a very, very big fall for his neshama. Because his neshama was once part of God, and now it's a created entity, a finite entity. So then even a tzaddik has to do that high tshuva. Tshuva law has nothing to do with tshuva on sin. You see, tshuva tata, the lower tshuva, that's rectifying sin. The blemishes, the scars, the partitions, the severance, all these things have to be repaired. There's an infection, there is healing. So we understand that a person who sins has to do it. A tzaddik doesn't have to do it. But when you're talking about the higher tshuva, bringing your nefesh, your neshama back to oneness with God as it was before he sinned, even the perfect tzaddik has to do that as well. What is the baltshuva? Why is the baltshuva um, required to do that? Um, more than, than the tzaddik. So I mentioned something before, briefly. I touched upon it. in saying that the, the tzaddik, it's nice if he does that, but he doesn't have to do that. Because Saif Kasef Hashem put him into this world and to become a somebody to become an entity, and serve him as a somebody. You're, I'm me, you're you. You have a world, and, and you serve me. That's what the Abishta wanted. If the Abishta would have wanted us to stay embedded inside of him, he would have never created us. So Hashem created us means, the Abishta says, I'm giving you an existence, I'm giving you an identifiable self, and now as you are a you, serve me. The tzaddik, it's okay. It's true, um, it's better to become unified, it's better for the soul. You can't compare being a somebody than being one with Hashem, being Ein Sof, being one with Hashem. But he doesn't have to do it. The Balchuva, in a sense, has no choice. Because the Balchuva can't just go back to innocence, because if he once was innocent and lost his footing, if he goes just back to innocence, what is to say that he won't lose his footing again? So he has to go to a place where he knows he won't fall. And where won't he fall? When I'm not a somebody and I'm just melted in God, I can't fall from that place. So the Balchuva must come on to a Chuvila. That's one, ex- one explanation. But there's also something deeper. And this also is it's important, which is really important before we can continue. If you look all the way back in Perik Dalit, when the Alter Rebbe started explaining that Chuva has two elements, the lower tshuva and the higher tshuva. He brings this idea from the Zohar, that, Zohar, that the Zohar says tshuva is tashuv hey. And then there is a lower tshuva, and then there is a higher tshuva. The Alter Rebbe says these words. He says, Omnam hascholas mitzvah The beginning of the mitzvah of tshuva, the ikra and its ikr, lashuv adashem be'emes, to return to God with emes, ubelev shalom with a complete heart. It forces me to explain to you that there is tshuva, there's two tshuvas. There's lower tshuva and higher tshuva. In other words, if I want to explain to you, if you want to be able to do, if you want to be a, a beginner, this is for beginners. This is tshuva for beginners, not tshuva for an advanced level. Tshuva for beginners, the Alter Rebbe says, I must explain to you first that in tshuva there are two levels. There's the lower tshuva and there's the higher tshuva which utterly doesn't make any sense. The higher tshuva is not a tshuva for beginners. 
The higher tshuva is a very high level for, of tshuva. It's applicable even to tzaddikim. And it's a whole different level. You're doing tshuva means, I feel bad, I sinned. I promise never to sin again. I, I evoke compassion for my neshama. I return back to innocence. And from now on, I'm going to be a loyal subject to you. I'm going to serve you. That itself is, 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 is tshuva. Why? From the very onset, when a person is beginning to do tshuva, the Alter Rebbe tells him, you have to know already that there is a higher tshuva. We'll learn about that later. First deal with this whole subject. These last three chapters, there's a lot to do over here. There's a lot of work. You got your work cut out. Till you can come to a place where you can sincerely say, Tashem, I will never, ever, ever sin again. I will always do your will. That's a whole lot of work. And then to feel and to do a chesh ben nefesh, as he spoke earlier. And to be ma'orer rachmim upon your nefesh. And to weep and to cry for your soul. And for the shechina. That's a whole lot. And we're telling that, say, no, no. to begin, you need to know that there are all these levels. It's almost like he's saying you cannot do the lower tshuva unless you know about the higher tshuva. It's not almost like that's what he's saying. Because he uses the words, Hascholas mitzvah tshuva v'ikra lashav adashem be'emes, to return to God, be'emes ha'hechrech lavar heita barchavah sabir. We need to explain lavar heita barchavah sabir. So the explanation briefly, and that's an important point, and that is that when we say that a neshama, the neshama is connected to the Abishter before it ever was, before Hashem ever breathed the neshama. The neshama was one with him. Then Hashem blew the neshama out and the neshama came down and it comes down in a body. That doesn't mean that a long time ago the neshama was unified with Hashem with absolute unity before we were ever created. And when we say created, we don't even mean in this Gilgala. When neshama was around already recycled a nice couple of times, we're all Gilgulim. So we've been here for a long time. So maybe a few thousand years ago, before my neshama ever breathed, breathed out from the Abishter, it was one from the it was one with Hashem. But now it's already a long history that my neshama is down in a body and it's moving from place to place and who knows what I've been through. Right? Doesn't mean that. When we say that see Kedusha, when we say it left somewhere, it doesn't mean that it leaves. It means it extends. So if the neshama was in a state of total union with God before it was ever blown out, and then Hashem blew it, doesn't mean that the essence of the neshama was blown out. The essence of the neshama is still one with God, with absolute oneness. And it's just that as the neshama expands and extends through all the worlds, lower and lower, the lower, lower part of them, like he gives the example of a rope, the lower part of the neshama goes into the body, becomes a conscious, gets self-awareness, gets a, a sense of even independence from Hashem, and then it's in a body. And over here it has to function as what? Within this conscious, with this, within this framework, how does a person have to function? What's, our fun what's the way we have to function? The function in knowing, God is my God, I'm me, God is my God, God is my creator and I have to obey His commandments, and I have to do what He wants me to do. So our life in this world is supposed to be not in the consciousness of being totally one with Him, but in the consciousness of self, and I have a desire, and I have my own wants, but I'm, 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 I'm bending and yielding what we call Kabbalah's Earl Malchus because of the yoke of heaven, I'm doing God's will. Now we're saying that what? When a person sins, you're, dis, you're, 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 you're breaking your Kabbalah, you remove the yoke of heaven. Down, meaning this idea that you're supposed to be down here. What? A creation that serves this creator has been breached, has been broken. 
But we're saying that what? Be'etzem, a Jew is always still connected. Deep, deep inside, he's always connected. On the higher levels of his neshama, he's connected. It's only the lower levels in which he enters into this creation state of existence, in which he connects to Hashem through Torah and mitzvahs. Over there, there is a blemish. But in his inner part of his neshama, but here's the thing. The MS is that this that a person has fallen down here below and has made mistakes and has removed the yoke of heaven and sinned in a literal sin, meaning disobeying Hashem's commandments, doesn't begin down here. It's a simon and it's a sign that in the Shorish HaNesham as well, where there is, the neshama is totally unified and one with God before God breathed the neshama out, over there there is some kind of a weakening of that union. Because if the union would be perfect and powerful in its shoresh and in its source, it wouldn't be possible for the neshama down here to wall. In other words, when the screw is loose up there, it can cause down here, at the very other end, it can cause some serious disconnect comes out that even though a Jew, the sin is happening in the lower parts of the neshama, that itself is an indication of some, something missing in the upper end. So when the Yid wants to do tshuva, and he wants to make sure he's going to do a perfect tshuva, it's not enough that he fixes the blemishes down here, he has to go up to the very, 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 very core, core, core of his neshama, and tighten the screw up there as well. Which means, stronger emphasize with a deeper with a deeper concentration on this dimension of his neshama where his soul is one with God it's not two separate things it's not like there is the lower tshuva and there's the higher tshuva you can't really do a full-fledged lower tshuva in other words to be able to live your life as a Jew with Kabbalah all the time I mean, our ego is always going to be in conflict with God it's not just going to happen once it happens again and again because Hashem is always testing us we always have. So how can I sit here today and say, and make a, a firm resolve that from now on, the Shulchan Aruch is my master. And I will always do what Hashem wants of me and never be lazy and tired and not in the mood and listen to the Eight Sahara and this and that. I'm always going to do the godly thing, even if, how, how can you do that? The only way is because deep inside, my neshama is totally one with the Abishter. So therefore, even on the more external levels, I have the ability and the power to be able to override what seems to be an I that is not the true me and do what the Abishter wants. That's based on that. If chas v'shalom I sinned, or anybody sins, is a sign that there is something weak in the Shorish HaNesham as well. So when we're going to fix it, the Alter Rebbe says, a hechrech. You must, the Balchuvah, the tzaddik doesn't have to. The tzaddik is, he's, he's, he's behaving down here is because up there his neshama is, is totally, here's the thing, can we rely on these, on these levels being, being in the subconscious or in the superconscious or do we have to make ourselves conscious of it? That's where the Balchuvah is different than the tzaddik. The tzaddik, by looking at his conscious life and seeing that he's obeying, by us looking at him, and we see that the tzaddik is obeying his commandments, to what he, living his life the way he's supposed to, following the rules and never disobeying, is a sign that in the superconscious levels, his soul is totally unified with his source. 
the Baltshuva who uh, who's stumbling and falling in the or what we say before a person does chuva when he's still sinning. So therefore, now you can't just rely on that being in the subconscious. Because you gotta work on it. You gotta work on that union. On the on the chuvi law union as well. You gotta tighten it in its source. So therefore the Baltshuva must go up into the Shorish Hanashama and access it and deepen his bond with the Abishter on those deepest, deepest levels of soul. How do you do that? How do you do that? You do that, as he's going to explain, you do that with, after you do tshuva, after you do your regular tshuva, you feel bad for your sins, and this and that, you look in yourself for love, in your heart, for a love to Hashem, and as a result of learning of your love to Hashem, you increase your Torah study. That's all that it is. It's increasement of Torah study. You can't be learning Torah 24-7. You're a person with responsibilities to family, but you do increase your Torah study, and your kavana in your Torah study is to merge with Hashem. And when you're learning Torah, that's what's happening. And that's why he concluded in Perikhas, Chuvi Yilah, he brings from the Zohar. I'm going to read over again before we begin Perikhas. This Paraktas is really a quicker read, but I just wanted to just emphasize these in Yonim. Let's go back in Paraktas, on page 196, three lines from the top. This unity and this tshuva, this is the higher tshuva. This comes after the lower tshuva. How do you accomplish it? The tshuva Allah that the higher tshuva who the yisasek ba'iraisa, a person should engage in Torah study, b'tchilu rechimu the kuchibirichu. The main thing is stu- you're studying Torah, even more than mitzvahs. Mainly Torah study. By the way, why mitzvah? Why why Torah study more than mitzvahs? Because. In mitzvahs, since the whole idea is you want to become assimilated and totally unified and joined, you want to weld with God. Mitzvah observance, even though mitzvah is attachment to Hashem, but it's a different kind of attachment. The very notion of a mitzvah says, I don't know if I mentioned this, I don't think I mentioned this last week. What does a mitzvah say? A mitzvah says that there is God, who is the commander, and there is a me, there is the commandee, and the commander is commanding the commandee to do the mitzvah. So when I am doing the mitzvah, how, who is doing it? Am I doing it or is Hashem doing it? When I'm doing a mitzvah, it's me doing it. Because the very definition of a mitzvah is that the, that the commander is commanding the, comma, the commanded to do it. That's his definition. I have to be me or else who is he commanding? He's not commanding himself. So the very notion of mitzvahs requires God and something else. Something else that is obedient. Something else that is compliant. Someone else that is a good, loyal subject, and therefore God is king and he is the subject. So by by mitzvah, by its very definition of it being a mitzvah, is still emphasizing separation, two entities. Not so when you're learning Torah. What's so beautiful when you're learning Torah is, in Torah, God... (laughs) In Torah, you're just channeling. It's not like you, there is, there is David just commanding. What are you doing? You're emptying your brain from your own thoughts, from your own ideas. And you're filling it with what? 
with God's, with God's concepts. It's almost like Hashem's soul, Hashem's mind, let's put it this way. Let me ask you a question like this. My mind, my mind, I have an, I have an Hashem, right? I hope, I'll have to help, I hope I have, have an Hashem, we should all have an Hashem, right? We have an Hashem. So, right, you say for sure? Oh, oh okay. okay. So we all have an Hashem. So, my Hashem has a mind, a Koach HaSeichel. The Koach HaSeichel of my Hashem is, 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 is going into the gray material that's inside the skull, which is mine. My Koach HaSeichel is not going into yours, because you have your own Neshama. Maybe I'm sharing ideas, but the Koach HaSeichel itself finds is, is in my brain, is in my head. And each, everybody's Neshama is in their head. Ooh. When a person is learning Torah, what's happening is, and say, oh, so and where's God's brain? Where's God's moach? In God's brain. What's God's brain? God's brain is Chachma Vatzilis. The Sphero, that's his brain. And the mind is the, the Neshama of the Ein Sof, is in the mind of, of the Spheros. So Hashem has his brain where he's manifesting. I have my brain, and you have your brain. Everybody's got their own brain. When you're learning Torah, what's happening is you're allowing God's mind entry into your brain. Now God is thinking through your brain. Isn't that cool? The Abishter is now thinking through your brain. You've hollowed your brain from self. away, And allow now the Abishter to think through your brain. So you're not you anymore. You're not you anymore. And when, you're, and, when, and when you verbalize it, and when you articulate it in words, and you're not doing it with, with self-conscious and with self-awareness, you're just so involved in the Torah study that you're studying, and in the concept that you're studying, and you're verbalizing it. You're verbalizing God's ideas and God's will. So it's not even you're verbalizing God's ideas and God's will. God is verbalizing His ideas through you. He first occupies your brain, and then he grabs and he grabs the tongue as well. And he's, his thoughts are now coming through your tongue. So as we said earlier, you're channeling. So your words are not, you, are not your words, it's the Abishta's words. That's why the Chazal say that the Rabbanan are called kings. Man Malki Rabbanan. The Rabbanan, the sages, are called kings. They are the king, they are God. The Rabbanan are the Abishta. They could decree something, and the world has to listen. Why? Because when they're, they're saying something, Al Pitora, it's not them saying, it's the Abishter saying through them. Here there is a total fusion. And that's what he's saying. Dafka Limuda Torah, the Zohar says, is Tshuva Because what's your desire in Tshuva What do you want in Tshuva? What is the, what is the, what is the, um, the, uh, no, not the revelation. What is the, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, like the intent, the intent, the, the goal, the, I'm looking for a word. What is the um, objective? Now I was looking for the objective. What is the objective in, in, in Chuvilah, total fusion with the Abishter? Well, that happens when, I'm, when you're learning Torah. You're not you anymore. The Abishter is, is fully overtaken you. And you've suddenly dissipated into him. So the Zohar says, oh, but a person can learn Torah without much feeling of love. To, if a person doesn't want the relationship, but he likes learning. Someone, someone scholastically likes learning, likes engaging his mind. Once you get a taste for learning, you really love it. So a person could be very unspiritual and doesn't think about at all about the, getting close to God. God is not really much of it. But they do love learning Taisvis. 
They do love learning, Baba Kama. But they don't really care about the religious aspect of it. The godly aspect of it. It doesn't make a difference to them. So that means they don't want the union. So if you don't want the union, I mean, then, the, then you're not really uniting. Then it's you happen to know what God, what God thinks. Same ideas, but you're not, it's not like the Abishter becomes your mind because you don't want to melt into it. The Abishter doesn't, Hashem does not encroach on anybody. If you want to be you, like you can be you. But if you want to become Him, He allows you to do that. Why not? Anybody, we can do that. That's why He says you have to learn Torah with love and awe. With love and awe. It means you love God and you are awed by it and you want to get close to Him. And you want to join with Him. The tzaddik can also do it. But the Balchuva does it with a, with a certain intensity that the tzaddik doesn't have. Because the Balchuva has been far. And he needs to get back close. This idea is associated with Bina. Learning Torah with love and fear is associated with Bina. Because we said Tshuva Yilah, because now, now he has a problem. The Zohar says, Tshuva Yilah is Torah study. But the Zohar says that Tshuva Yilah is Torah study with love and awe, love and fear of Hashem. The Zohar also says that Tshuva Yilah is a Bina experience. Following? The Zohar also says that Tshuva Yilah is a Bina experience. So Torah study, we understand, is connected to Bina. It's something you're doing with your mind. But the love and the fear element, is that also connected to the Bina? Love and fear is not Bina. Love and fear are emotions. And, if, and, and, and in the Yud Kei in the Yud Kei in the four letters of God's name, Yud is Chachma, He is Bina, Vav is the six emotions, and the latter He is Malchus. And here we're talking about reaching God's Bina. That's where the higher tshuva is, in God's Bina. How do you do that? Torah study, we can understand. Bina. But what does it have to do with learning Torah with love and fear? That's why the Alter Rebbe says, let's, let's take a look. No, 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 no. The word Bina, the Zohar says, the word Bina stands for Ben Yudke. Ben means the children that come from Yudke. Yudke is Chachma. Hates Bina. Bina means Ben Yudke. The Chachma, the, the, the Chachma and the Bina as they create emotions. We learned many times that the emotions, the feelings, are called the children of the intellect. So Bina means Ben Yudke. So therefore we can have the emotions as well as part of the Bina experience. And that is the higher tshuva. The higher tshuva is Hashem... I was distant, I was far, and now, now it's coming, by the way, by the way, it says that in Elul, our avoda is, before Rosh Hashanah, tshuva tata, the lower tshuva. Once you get to Aseris Yimei tshuva, your tshuva is supposed to be tshuva ilah. Just total assimilation into God. In a complete different place. It's already after, you know, you're already forgiven. Now it's just about deeper emergence. Emergence and emergence and emergence. But emerging to the Abishta with love and fear. But how does the love and fear get involved in the Chuviyullah experience when it's all mochen, it's all intellect? No. Bina means ben yudke. 
That means the emotions are there as well. But you've got to ask. The emotions are the vav. They're not the hay. And now we're saying bina is the upper hay. Tashuv hay, returning the hay. It's the hay. But then you have the same question. How can bina be called ben yudke? What does bina mean? Bina means understanding. The emotions are a consequence of understanding. If the emotions are a consequence of the understanding, then, 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 then they're not the bina. The bina is the mother from where the understanding comes from, from where the emotions come from. So why would the bina be called the bina? Let's, let's ask the question on bina. Stop. Let's not ask the question on the hay. Let's ask the question on bina itself. Why is bina called ben yudke when bina is the intelligence? And yes, bina creates emotions. But bina is not the emotions. Bina is the source of the emotions. So why is bina called ben yudke? Implying the emotions? The answer is... We're not talking about ordinary emotions over here. We're talking about a specific kind of emotions which the emotions are saturated with the intellect. These are, these are very wise emotions. And he's going to say that's the emotions that we need to, when we're having Allah, we need to have intelligent emotions. Not regular emotions. And, and, and then you learn Torah with that lofty kind of emotions called intelligent emotions. Then the emotions are they, they don't belong to the vav, they belong to the still to the hay. They're ben yudke, they're the emotions as they're still attached to the mother. And I give the example between mother and children. There are children that are still clinging to the mother, they're still hanging on to the mother's skirt, they're still toddlers and very small little kindalach, they're always still connected to the mother. And then there are the kids when they grow up and they, you know, they become people on their own, mentioned on their own. And they move out of the house completely. And they're substantiated on their own. That's the difference between there are emotions that leave the bina. Which means someone loves God and he doesn't even know why he loves God. He loves God because he loves God. Just that's a feeling of love. The love that we're talking about over here is love that has reason. It's from a rich understanding of how the Abishter is the source of my life. The source of my existence. Then the, then the emotions are still very, very connected to their mom the bina. And then we don't call these emotions vav, we call these emotions ben yudke. It's still bina. It's not, it's not yet vav, it's still the bina. That's why it's this kind of emotion that brings us to chuvila, to the high chuvila. That's what he's going to explain in Perictes. This idea, because he's troubled. Look what he says over here. Let's go back to the end of Perikhes. The Chuvi law, what does it mean, Chuvi law? Okay, I understand. Because the objective is mergence with God, and when do you merge with God? When you learn Torah. But the Zohar adds more than that. With fear and with love of God. Fear and love. What? How does that fit into the Bina experience? So he explains, the Zohar says, the Ihu, because this type of emotion is Ben, that's what Bina is, Ben Yudke. These emotions are called the son of Yudke, Bina, which is Bina. So let's understand. What it, but now he's troubled by this question. Why is that Bina? That's L'chayr the next level, that's emotions, that's Vav. So he's going to explain, no, this kind of emotions are still Bina, because it's, intellectual emotions, so the emotions are still part of the intellect. 
And that's what he begins to explain in Perektes. An explanation of the matter is, and he brings the marshal from the Zohar, the tikkunim bekama makaymais, it's brought in tikkunim and in many places. The bina ihu chuvi yilah, bina is the higher tshuva, and the Zohar uses these words, v'ha'eim rovetzes ala efrochim. And the mother is hovering, she's crouching over her chicks. That's bina. Bina is both mother and chicks. So what does that mean really? I think it means on two levels. Number one, dry, if you have pure intellect and there's no emotion there, it's pure intellect. That's not Bina. Bina has to lead to a birth. The, the, the mother, the, 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 the supernal mother has to, Ema Banim, she's a mother of children. She has to lead to, leads to a birth for her to be who she is. She needs to have that freichem. Number two, the children can't be adults and move away from her. They still have to be close to her. That's the bina. The bina state is when you have the intellect, not dry, pure intellect that doesn't have any, doesn't lead to any emotion. Not simple, warm emotions that come from playing a good niggin and it strums up your natural warmth to God. That's nice, but that's not... That's, that, that's a valid emotion. Every Jew has natural emotions to God. A Jew doesn't need intellect to have emotions. We have natural emotions, but those emotions are, in a sense, immature emotions. They're, or rather, in a sense, we can say maybe they are mature, but they're too mature. They've gone away from the mom. We need, we're talking about emotions that are still close to the mother. That's the purest kind of an emotion a person can have. Because emotions, when they go away from the mother... It's an interesting idea, which we spoke about a lot of times in Hasidus. Once emotions go away from the mother, they become a little bit about self. What's the difference between a, 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 um, an I love you emotion that doesn't have any intellect, any reason, and, and I, I love you emotion that has reason to it, a lot of reason, and and I love you emotion that has no intellect to it, it's I love you. And I love you emotion that has intellect and reason to it, it's I love you. The you is huge and the I is small. Because what does it mean, the intellect? The intellect means with, through the intellect you experience the other. What is the intellect? Intellect means I, I know you. I'm using my mind to know. Emotion is about how I feel. I love. This feels good for me. See, emotions are more egotistical. Intellect is more objective. What's real? If I have an emotion, so put it this way. A natural emotion when a person loves the Abishter just because he loves Hashem, it's a lot about him. I feel good when I come close to God. But if I love God because I sense God's greatness, and how he's the source of my life and the source of everything. So in that emotion, I'm sensing so much Hashem. His reality. He's the reality of me. He's the reality of all existence. God is so palpable, so real. And quietly, I feel the love. The love is not so pronounced because the love is, in every love, there's self. I love. 
But over here, the love is not so loud. It's a very silent love. Because I'm so much, I'm so much taken by the subject of who I love, which is the Abishter, and that dominates the feeling. It's so much about him and so little about me, me happening to be the... Now, you do have to have love. Because if there's no love and it's just, it's just the intellect, then you're not there. The Abishter wants you to do tshuva. The Abishter wants you to come back. So you have to bring yourself. You have to. But the problem is, if you overdose with yourself, too much you, that you're not melting into him. So you need, the love brings that you're there. But the more you can cancel the love in the reason why you're loving, if that's overpowering the love, then the love is very pure. The love is completely about the Abishter. And that kind of love brings you, when you study Torah as a result of that love, into a complete harmony with Hashem. So let's put it this way. What really causes the Neshama to merge with the Abishter is the Limudat Torah. When you're learning, you're going to see it in a minute, it's Yisasek Bairais. When you're learning or doing mitzvahs also, but primarily when you're learning Torah. But a person can learn Torah without, the religion, without the wanting to be connected. As we said earlier, you can learn Torah just because you like Torah. So then you're not, you're not melting in the Abishter really. In some level you are, your Neshama is there, but it's not really because you want to retain your own ego. You happen to like learning Torah. You're not, you're not integrating with it. That's why you have to have love. If you have love, then you want to get close. But the problem is, if you're going to add too much love, and that love is going to be selfish love, then that itself is going to stop the... The, the, the Torah from melting you because in the Torah while you're studying you're feeling I love so you're retaining an I so you have to have a love that is a very that is a very refined love where the love is much more about the thing you're loving than the fact that you're loving oh, then what happens you're being drawn so you got yourself there you're being drawn you want the union And you have the union when you're learning because your mind is now forging, merging with the Abish. And you want it because of the love. And there isn't a strong eye which you would have in a natural love. If, you just, if your love to Hashem would just be, I love God. It's true. It's not saying it's a real love. But, but if it's just pure emotion, then it's a lot about you. And that's not good either. It has to be a very fine love, a bina digga love. That's why the Zohar says, Chuvila is Ben Yutke. The mother is still on the children. Let's see, and he explains what does that mean. Basically, what happens like now he's going to give it practical words. What does this mean? He says, What happens like this? A person sinned, he did Chuva, he cried, he purified himself, he did all the stuff that we learned earlier. He broke his ego. Now he's done with that. Now the next move. Time to unify with God. Time to become totally one with Him. How do you do that? First thing is you contemplate the greatness of Hashem. Get an a, 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 a good appreciation of Hashem's greatness. As a result of that, your heart is going to be drawn. I want to get close to this great being who's not just a great being. He's the source of life. He's the source of my life, of everything that I have. He is your life. He's literally life. 
God is not a thing. God is life. So I'm drawn to life. I'm drawn to the Abishtim. Then, he, he, listen to the next thing. He, the step by step, contemplating Hashem's greatness, developing a love and fear from Hashem as a result of that contemplation. Thereby, you become thirsty to bond with God with a love, a powerful love, but yet a humble love because you're not feeling yourself so much in it. What do you do now? You say to yourself, I don't want to be outside of Hashem. I want to unify with Him completely. And therefore, as He's going to use the words, I want to engage in a divine kiss. Yeshakeno. Oh, how do you kiss? What is when two people are kissing? They're connecting their breath to each other. And when you're learning Torah, that's exactly what you're doing. Your breath, and because you're saying words out of your lips, and these are Hashem's words, and it's breath to breath. Total union. The two have stopped being two, they've become one. Total oneness in speech, in thought, in intellect, and even in action, when you do tzedakah, and acts of chesed as a result of what you learned, as well, is a complete channel, and a complete unification, and it's not stam that it happens to be you're doing godly things. You want exactly this. This is what you want. You're craving that union because you felt so far before and now you're coming back. So you want to go all the way back and to become totally unified. Then you got Shuvila. It's in Bina because it's the Bina that's driving the love, that's causing you, that's motivating you to, to learn Torah and to learn Torah with that burning desire to to become united with the Abishter, not learning Torah to execute your obligations, to be a good Jew, to fulfill what I need to do. I want God. And this is how I become one with Hashem. So now this is what he explains step by step. Let's read it quickly. Through this that a person contemplates the greatness of Hashem. With deepening of one's das. Then he gives birth. Again, you're working with your bina, with your the spirit of one's bina. Fear and love. That's the whole point. Intellectual love and fear. What's the point of them being intellectual? Then they are they are they're very pure. And that's why he says the emotions themselves are filled with reason. You're loving because you feel the one that you're loving and you know why you're loving them. And he brings a pasuk to that. It says, It says, Love God, your God, because, because He is your life. See, usually we understand. This is a very important idea. Usually we understand. The Rambam says, How do you come to love Hashem? It says a pasuk, you have to love God. How do you come to love Hashem? You come to love Hashem. The Ramam says, when a person contemplates Hashem's greatness in creation, that's what the Ramam says. When a person contemplates God's greatness in creation, he will come to understanding of how magnificent and great Hashem is and all the kindness that Hashem has done with him, then he will come to love him. So when you're learning the Rambam, a person can, can understand it, meaning to say like this. The contemplation is not important. The main thing is you come to the feeling of love. But how is a person going to love? If I, don't know, if I don't know anything about the Abishter, how am I going to love? So I need contemplation and meditation and understanding of God's greatness as a method and as a way to come to the love. But once I have the love, I can throw away all the knowledge. I don't care why I'm loving. Now I love. 
The love is important. That's how you learn the Rambam. That's how, how do you come to love? So you need to do X, Y, and Z to love. He's learning over here and he's saying something. No, no, no. Nothing much deeper. It's no gaya to the love itself that the love should be an intellectual love. Then, it's, then the love, then the emotions are not the vav, the emotions are the hay. The emotions are still within, because see, the, the hay comes from the yud, the vav comes from the hay. Emotions that are born completely away, the, the, those kinds of emotions that we mentioned from the Rambam. You have an intellectual understanding, and you create emotions, and then the emotions, you forget why you're loved. The emotion, that, that's real vav. That's a vav that comes from the hay. But we're talking about over here that the emotions themselves are lit, are lit up with the light of reason. And what's the gain of that? The gain of that is, is that they're not chunky emotions. An emotion can be very, very selfish. I love you because you, you're good for me. Because what? Because it's all about me. But when I have the intellect shining in the emotion and the reasons behind it, the depth of the of understanding, I feel you much more in that love. I feel your beauty, your greatness, your everything about. It's not. Of course, there has to be a little sense of me, or else I, I wouldn't be drawn. I have to be drawn, just enough that I am drawn. And the main thing is, I'm just, I'm mesmerized by you. That's the point. I'm mesmerized by you. It's not about me. It's about you. And I happen to be drawn into this light. That comes when the when, when the emotion is filled with reason. When emotion is not filled with, what is the reason? It's not like, oh, I, I love, bec-. no, you, you, you sense the knowledge in the emotion. You sense the knowledge in the emotion. The reasons, the, the one that you're loving is sensed so much. So the you is tremendous and the I is small. In an ordinary emotion, it would be a big capital I with a little bit of the thing that you're loving. It happens to be you, tomorrow it's something else. Because I'm not appreciating really who you are. It's just I need to love somebody. So who am I going to love? It's you. Think about that. So women always want to know, why do you love me? You love me. I love you. Okay, tell me why. It's not, is, is it only because, because, because you need to love someone and I happen to be the one that uh, you met, so that's why you love me? Or is it because you really, really see something in me that makes you love me? And that means an, a reason, a love filled with reason, not a love, just, just a love. And the Abishter also, is when our love to him is filled with because he is the life force of all existence. And he is this, and he is that. Oh, so I'm lost in his love. There is love because if there's no love, then there's, no, then there's nothing to drive me. It is nothing to pick the person up into God. So you need the love. But you want the love to be idle. So again, uh, it says love God your God because he is your life and that's why it's not enough it's not enough with the natural love we have a hidden concealed natural love no the person meditates comes to an appreciation of Hashem with a powerful love and he fans the flames of his love with his understanding of God's greatness and the same just like it is in love the same is also in the fear. That the fear is not, he fears God, but the awe also has a reason behind it. Understand God's majestic power. 
and therefore I fear him. Oy busha, or I feel ashamed. But it's also, I, I know who I'm afraid of. V'chulu kenoida as it is known. Azai, when you have emotions like this, nikreis ha'eim reivetzas Then the mother, Bina, she's still next to her chicks because the reasons, the reasons for the love is the Bina. The love are the chicks. And they're still next to the mother. They're still under the brain. So it's a Bina. It's not, a, it's not an emotion aspect. It's a Bina aspect. Which enables the union to be much deeper. Because that's where Tshuva is. Tshuva is in Bina. The higher Tshuva. It's in this experience. But okay. So now I love God. But what do I do as a result of it? Here is the love. Here is the drive. What do I do as a result of it? I do complete tshuva, which means I unify because I, because I love, and I love so much, I want to become so attached that I do whatever I can to become him. That's what he explains now. What is the, what is the, what is the main objective of love? So You love someone, so what? What does it mean? You want to be attached to them all the time. You want to do everything together with them. Because you're a zdavik, you connect, you cleave to them. So with Hashem, the ikra ava who is dafkus. You want to have dveikus. What kind of dveikus? What's the ultimate dveikus? I want to be close to you, I want to talk to you. I want to be in your company. But the ultimate dveikus, I want to kiss. What's the kiss? Is Why? What's the, why is the kiss so powerful? Because the kiss says that what? That we become... I, I want to come close to what's the closest I can come. When my soul and your soul become one soul. And that is the breath to breath. Because both breath, breath is life. And when breath and breath touch, the two souls touch. And in our case, the person has such love to the Abishter, is his dafkis rucha birucha that he wants his soul to become unified with the Abishter soul, with the ain't safe. Like it says in the Pasuk, and who can dare say something like that about the Abishter? We'll kiss God. Well, it says so. Shleimah Melech says this. He kisses us with the kiss of his mouth. Which means his breath and our breath. Our two, the Ab- your neshama, that's what, he, that's what he mentioned earlier, that you bring your neshama back to a union with God as you were before the Abishter ever exhaled your soul. You put your neshama back into him. That's breath to breath. It becomes back one breath. It's no more two breaths. It's mouth to mouth. You can say when a person is giving someone else mouth to mouth a thing, that when their heart is pumping, it's not them breathing, it's the other person breathing that, pumping that heart. And that's what happens over here. Your life is no more your life going through you. Your life is extension of the Abishter's life. And that's why the place where the Baal is, the Tzaddik can't, can't go. Because the Tzaddik is a somebody close to God. The Baal has reached a point where because this level of truth is dafkis rucha berucha, that he is he's melted into the ensof. And on this it says that the love, on this kind of a love, a love that drives you, which is the balchuva love, which is the love of chuvila, a love that drives you into union with God, on that on that love it says, love God with all your soul. What does it mean to love Hashem with all your soul? So usually we translate Bechal Nafshecha with all your soul means even if you take your life, be willing to give your life. Over here Bechal Nafshecha means I don't want any piece of me sticking out from underneath the blanket. You have a small blanket, sometimes you, 
ever side, either your feet go out, your hand go out, something is sticking out of the blanket because you can't cover yourself completely. The person wants to be completely assimilated into the Abishter. I want every point of my being to touch you, God. I don't want any space in me not to be touching you, not to be one. That's what it means. Every nekuda in my nefesh should be attached with you. How can I attach to Hashem every nekuda in my nefesh? Every point in my soul. Well, let's go through every part of my soul and find how can I connect that nuance of my soul to you, God. Well, I will connect my thought to your thought. Well, let's connect speech. I'll connect my words to your words. Let's connect action. I'll do what you do, and my actions won't be my, me doing it. It will be what, you, what, what you're doing. Let's connect our intel, intellect. I, my entire intelligence will be what you, what, you, what you understand will become my understanding. Let's, et- let's attach emotions. Your emotions become mine emotions. You're compassionate, I'm compassionate. You're, you, you're kind, I'm kind. But I'm not kind because I'm kind. I'm kind because I'm allowing your kindness to flow through my heart. And I'm allowing your compassion to flow through my compassion. I'm lending my physical heart to you so that your, your compassion can be, can be funneled through my heart. Through my, through my emotions. And suddenly there is no more me anymore because I've, I've elevated my entire nefesh. Every chelek, because the nefesh is, the nefesh manifests itself through all these various different powers. I want to take every power of me and become attached to you. As a bechol nashecha shehem kol chelkei hanefesh. Every part of my nefesh. Seichel, beginning with my intellect. Umidois and my emotions. Uluvusheim and my garments. What are the garments we learned in the beginning of Tanya? Thought, speech, and action are called the garments of the soul. Machshava dibra mais. Thought, speech, and action. Ledafka kulan boyiz barach. To attach, to cleave all of them in the Abishter himself. Tahainu hamidois bimidois of yizbarach. To connect my midais to Hashem's midais. Mahurachum. You align yourself with God's. God is compassionate. I'm too going to be compassionate. But not because I want to copy God, because I want. Because I want to be him. I want to be attached to him. He is comp- compassionate. I'm compassionate. So I'm no more me. I'm just, I'm in sync with him. So now his compassion can, can, can flow through me. And my intellect, I want to connect to Hashem's intellect. How do I do that? That is when I'm learning Torah deeply. See, when I'm learning Torah just casually, if I'm just briefly learning Torah, then I'm not really, I'm connecting my thoughts to God's thoughts, but I'm not connecting my intellect. Intellect is only when I'm deeply, deeply understanding something to, look, to, to my understanding and the Abishter's understanding on the same. So now our, our, our minds have merged together. Because the Torah emerges from Chachma. So to my thoughts will be filled with, with Hashem's thoughts. Will be attacked by Mashafta Yisbarach. Vahadibur and the speech, Bedvar Hashem Zuhalacha. And speech, I will speak Halacha, which is the word of God. So I'm not going to be speaking my words. I'm going to be saying Hashem's word. So suddenly I've assimilated and integrated and welded my entire being into Hashem. Like it says in the Pasik, Vaasim Dvarai Bepicha. Hashem says, I will put my words into your mouth. Isn't that amazing? It's a Pasik. I will put my words into your mouth. So when you're speaking these words, it's not you speaking, quoting me. 
It's me speaking through you. Like by Moshe Rabbeinu, Shechina medaberes metech grainer. The Shechina speaks, and that's the Balchuva's entire essence. All he wants is this. Or my words that I have put in your mouth. Good, so that's Machshava Dibur. How do I connect Maisa? And action is the, the deed of tzedakah. And where my actions become his actions, or rather his actions become my actions. How is that? Tzedakah is to enliven the spirit of the lowly. The person doesn't have, hungry, tired, exhausted. And I go and I give him something. I've, I've enlivened him, either through food, sometimes the patience just to listen to someone enlivens it. Sometimes laughing at the person's joke that you don't find too much to be funny, but that's what he needs. That's what this person needs that he likes to tell. Some people need the attention of they make a joke and you laugh. So giving that, that's also enlivening the spirit of the lowly. Whichever it is, you give the people the patience, the time, the interest, and the like, you're, you're, you're lowering yourself down to their world to give them chayas. To give them life. Well, that's what the Abish is doing all day long. He's lowering himself down infinitely to enliven a creation that is really nothing. Well, that's pretty, pretty awesome that he's lowering himself down. So that's the tzedakah that Hashem is doing. All, that's called Hashem's action. That's Hashem's asiyah. That's action. So when we make our asiyah and channeling in the same direction, so then the Abish's asiyah has overtaken. So again, you can do all these things with different intentions. You can do all these things because you want to be a ishashalim. Imagine this. You always hear by Shira and Musar Shira. You want to be a Shlemostiga person. You want to reach perfection. You can do all these things because you want to be perfect. Well, that's not what the Balchuva, what he's talking about, Apichasidis. It's not what the Chuva is. Chuva is it's not a, okay. me, me being perfect. I found out already who I am and I did the contemplation. I did a whole contemplation and through my thought, speech, and action, this is nothing to be too excited about the me. So it's not really about me, but the one thing is so beautiful is that the Abishta gives me the opportunity that I can become one with him. So I want to stop being me, I just want to be him. Because I want to unify with him, because I love him so much. And even that, it's not because, ah, that's going to feel good for me. As we said earlier, it's intellectual love. It's, it's, because, it's because he's the only reality. He's so real, he's so great, he's so beautiful, that I'm, I'm just being drawn with a silent, egoless draw into him. And that's the beauty of the Balchuva. And how do I do it? I gotta make sure that there isn't any piece in me that's sticking out of the blanket. I wanna be completely covered with God. Blanket is not such a good statement because blanket is more like everything is covered equally. It's more like two people standing and they're merging completely. They're putting their nose to their nose, their mouth to their mouth, their fingers to their fingers. Every part of their body have become to, till they're totally one. And that's the person, Bechol Nafshecha, with all my nefesh, with every part of my being, Attached, one became you. It says that's what the Ebershter does. Six days, God, it says the word when, when Hashem is making the world. Hashem is enlivening the, the lowly. So too, when the person gives tzedakah, he's enlivening the lowly. As it is known from elsewhere. And this is called cleaving to Hashem, attaching to Hashem, spirit to spirit. With the epitome of unity. Now you can do all these things without love. Then, of course, if you're learning Torah, there's a yichud happening. But it's not, it's not, it's not, 
fooled, when it's done out of love, and that's the Bina that he spoke earlier, the Bina Ben Yutke, it's the, it's the, the Asik Pairaisa, the Zohar says, learn Torah with love and fear that comes from the Mochen. The mother crouching over the children. When you have that kind of pure, elegant, refined, beautiful love, and, as a, and it's intense, and all you want is to cleave, and then you, you don't just want to cleave, but you actually cleave by following through, by learning Torah every moment, every spare moment you have, doing mitzvahs with one desire, to be one with the Abishter, that's when you achieve total oneness with God, and your neshama is back to where it was before it was ever breathed out before Hashem, with your body. And this is perfect tshuva, total returning, total return, and you can't return higher, back to its quintessential source, while we're alive in the body. Well, the okay. So with this he concludes, this, this Indian that we just learned now, so in a sense, I just want to say one more thing, in a sense, even mitzvahs can also be done. Mitzvahs is also this union, because he's saying over here, your thought, your action, every place you connect. But as we spoke earlier, it's primarily in Torah. Because in mitzvahs, there's still a little vestige of self. Because the whole idea of a mitzvah is, there is a commander and a commandee. But in Torah, you can go so deep in, that you don't have to be a you to do it. You can lose yourself completely into the Eivishter. And you're just, because we said earlier, in Torah, it's just complete channeling. Complete channel. Total istafkas rucha berucha. Now he's going to go back. So this is Chuvila. Now he's going to go back to what he said in Perik Dalit. He brings a Perik Dalit. He brings over there the whole Geras Chuva. That for certain sins, it says, in Zohar, that Chuva doesn't help. The Zohar says that, you know, we know you can do Chuva for every sin. But it says, for certain sins, particularly sexual sins, it says in Zohar, that tshuva doesn't help. So he he he, but he brings from Rashi's Chachma. He brings from the Rashi's Chachma that that is only that that is only the lower tshuva. The higher tshuva can can atone even for the even for any sin. There's no sin that tshuva doesn't work. Ain davar tshuva. Nothing stands before tshuva. I it says in the Zohar it doesn't help. It means lower tshuva. Which means that for, usually for sins, for all sins, sins in general, in order to rectify the sin, the lower tshuva can accomplish rectification. The lower tshuva can late, later be followed up with the higher tshuva to increase one's bond and one's union, union with God and to take the person to levels beyond, beyond. But you don't need the higher tshuva for the rectification. You can do the rectification without the higher truth. The lower truth itself rectifies. There is one sin in which the higher tshuva is necessary for the sin itself. Meaning the higher tshuva is necessary for the rectification. In other words, not only is the higher tshuva an embellishment to the relationship, an increasement to the relationship, an enhancement to the tshuva, over here, the higher truth is an absolute must. Why? Because we're learning over here is what, what is the higher tshuva? The higher tshuva is bonding with Hashem primarily where in your brain. Right? We say you, you, do it in, 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 you do it in every part of your body. 
We said earlier, b'chol nafshecha, you do tzedakah with your hands. You're doing, but primarily, where is it primarily happening? The total is dafkas rucha berucha, spirit to spirit, where you totally fuse, where you totally fuse together and you're one. Total fusion. That happens in the brain when you're learning Torah. That's truvila. Well, there are certain averos that bring a, a blemish in the brain. They cause a defect in the brain. That's why by them, the only, excuse me, the only way you can fix it is through higher truth. In other words, regular Averas only blemish the lower parts of the Nisham. Since they blemish the only the lower part of the Nisham, it's rectifiable through regular truth. But there are certain sins, as we're going to see in a moment, which the blemish reaches into the brain. Therefore, the way to be masaking the chait itself, not to enhance the tshuva. The sin itself needs the rectification. It needs repair in the brain. And that is sins that that, that relate to the brain. All sexual sins relate to the brain because we know that that's where the transmission comes from. We learned in Perik Beis and Tanya that the child comes from the father's brain. So the, the seminal fluid is originate, originates in the person's mind. So a sin in regards to these areas cause blemish in the mind and in the brain. So therefore the tikkun for it must be with higher tshuva and with limodator. As he says, habris. And because the, the, the blemish of the covenant, of the bris, which, is, which is primarily the, the emergence of, of the wasting of seed, the ain't loimar, and the Rebbe says it doesn't only mean that, it means baroyes, definitely if a person engaged in a forbidden relationship, or any other sin relating to, um, uh, uh, even if it's not, Arroyos, Arroyos is very serious sins relating to this. But Sharis, you know, any, any prohibition in regards to um, the Dairaisa, uh, whether it's biblical or even if it's only rabbinic, because we shouldn't take rabbinic uh, prohibitions lightly, because they are Chamurim, Divrei Seifrim, and the like. So this would also imply, for instance, in a relationship. Where between between even between a husband and a wife, if it's not absolutely kosher because it's nida, or even if it's not nida mamish, it can only be an isur de rabbanon. There are certain times when a, when it's not, there is no nida, but it's just rabbinic because it's a, a vest, let's say, or a time when they're not supposed to be together. And if a person violated that, ultimately it's a pigam in his moach in his brain, and therefore the tikkun for that can only come from the higher tshuva because higher tshuva connects the neshama on level of brain and the level of the mind in, in oneness. Poigam b'moyach, since it's a pegam in the brain, l'chein tiknu, tikunoi, that's why the tikkun is the yisasik b'ayraisa, that a person should learn Torah. Why? Because Torah, and, and we know that when we're pogam in our brain, it's not just in our brain, since our brains are wired up with God's brain, so a pegam in our brain is a pegam in chachmeilah. It's a pegam in the yud of Hashem's name. Usually all the pegamen that a person does is in the lower hay. Sometimes a little higher. But this sin particularly blemishes and scars the yud itself. It goes so deep and so high, that's why it's so frightening. The way to fix it is through the, the learning of Torah, which Torah also comes from the divine brain. And over here you're connecting your brain with the Abishta's brain in that deepest, highest level. And this is why it says in Tana Develio, Adam Oiveravera. Now it's interesting. This Maimar Chazal, 
If you look in our Tana Devei Leo, it's not mentioned there. The, our print of Tana Devei Leo, it's not mentioned. It must be that the Alter Rebbe had a girsa in his Tana Devei Leo where this was stated there. But, it, but this Maimar Chazal was mentioned in, 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 in Medrash Rabbah. I think in Vayikra. Vayikra Rabbah, somewhere in Vayikra, it mentions this, this idea. So why does the Alter Rebbe have to schlep it from Tana Devei Leo? which we don't even have that in Tana Develio. So for sure he had it in his Tana Develio, and it must be in the old prints of Tana Develio, or in some manuscripts of Tana Develio. What's Tana Develio? It's things that come from Elio's yeshiva. From the academy of Elio, one of them. Why is the Alter Rebbe bringing this dafka from a girsa from Elio? So the Rebbe says somewhere very beautifully. The Rebbe says, since we're talking about a tikkun for the sin that relates to the bris, and therefore causes a begam in the mind, Elio is the Malach Abris. Elio is the one that comes to make the Tikkun in the Inyanim of Bris. So that's why he dafka chooses to bring it from Tana Dlevei Elio because Elio was the one. And Elio was Pinchas. And Pinchas was the one who, was, who stood up when, 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 when Zimri was going to take the Midianite woman, which is also the sin. So Elio, Pinchas, he's, he's involved in the Tikkun of the Inyanim that are connected to Bris. And that's why the Alter Rebbe Dafke chooses to bring this from Tana Develio. So what does it say in Tana Develio? It says, Adam over Avera, a person transgresses a sin, then is of Misa Lamakim, and he became obligated Misa. He's Chayev Misa. Mayasa, what should he do? The question, Tana Develio. A person did a sin, and the punishment of that sin is he deserves to die. Chayev Misa. Mayasa, what should he do? So the Tana Devei is going to answer. You know what he should do? If he used to learn one daf, he should learn two daf. If he used to learn two daf, he should you learn four daf. Basically, increase his Torah study. So what is he talking about? A per- person did an avera. What should he do? Do tshuva. Suddenly, in Tana Devei, we're waking up. What should you do if a person did an avera? That's what the Torah talks about. If you do it in Avera, do tshuva. What is the Zoyar, what is the ton of the Leo one asking? That, 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 Adam, Oivir Avedev, another thing. Adam, Oivir Avedev, and is high of Misa. And if you did an Avera that you're not high of Misa, there's no question, Ma Yasa, Adam. If you did, a, if you did an Avera that you're high of Malchus, Misa means death. Okay. So, person did an Avera, is high of Misa, what should he do? And if you did an Avera that you're high of Lashes for, that's okay. Also, mayase, any avera, what should you do? And if you're going to ask him and to do tshuva, then for chiyav misa, you can also do tshuva. What does it mean? What the Alter Rebbe is learning, what we're talking about over here is, we're talking about this particular avera, in which it says tshuva doesn't help. That's what we learned earlier. It says in the Zoyar, that for this avera, tshuva doesn't help. And we know that for the, for, for, for the avera that we're talking about over here, which is the Pagam Habris, what did we learn? And this is Chayv Misa. Chazal say, a person does that there's Chayv Misa B'day Shamayim. So this is what Tanah 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 was talking about. Adam Oivir Aveira, this particular Aveira. Then it's Chayv Misa because this, he's Chas Shalom Chayv Misa B'day Shamayim. Mayasa, what should he do? Tshuva doesn't help. The Yichya that he should live. The answer is, Tshuva Tata doesn't help. But Tshuva Yilah does help. And what is the higher Tshuva? Imraga Likra is Daf Echad. What's the higher Tshuva? Learn more Torah. 
That's what you learned. That's what truth is. Learn Torah with the desire to cleave to the Abishter. And you're connecting your Moach to the Abishter. Im is daf echad. If you're used to learning one daf, Yikrabay is dafim. You should learn two daf. Lishno is perak echad. If you're used to learning Mishnayas, one perak. Yeshana bays parakim. Learn two parakim chu. Okay, increase Torah study. But why dafka two? You used to do one, do two. Increase. What does it mean? Obviously, he has to increase because he has to do something to make for a tikkun. So he has to add. Why would I ask it two times? That the Altareb is also going to explain. Why do you have to learn twice as much as you used to learn? Because what did we use over here? Here, well, how did the Altareb explain what happens when you do an Avera? When you do an Avera, you're causing a disconnect. And the Shaman becomes disconnected like a rope that becomes severed. When a rope becomes severed, what happens? You have to tie it back together. Whenever you tie a rope together, how do you tie it? You have to make a double knot. If you don't make a double knot, it's going to open. So what happens is, the pl- and the place, we, and it comes that interesting thing, the rope, all over the rope is regular. But the place where it got cut, it's thicker. And now it's double. That's what he's saying over here. In, this, in every Avera, in order to fix the Avera, it's not just enough to go back to where you were before. You have to go back even deeper than you were before. So if you're learning Torah, how much Torah do you have to learn? If you learned one page, learn two pages. Two pages, four pages. And in our case, our case, we're talking about Pagam Habris. So therefore, where, where did you cut the rope? In the brain. You cut Chas Vashon, the artery in the brain. Where do you have, so where do you have to double the knot? In the brain. How do you double the knot in the brain? Extra Torah study. That's when you're bonding and you're tying the knot double. So that's what he's saying. Vahainu, um, and that's what he's explaining. Kemashal chevel, like a rope, hanifsak that got cut off. Vachoyzev a koishroy, and then you're going back and you're cutting it and you're, and you're tying it. Shebemakam akesher, the place where, you're, where you made the knot, hukafel umechupel. It's double and redoubled. It's extra double and extra made. Vakachu bechevel nachlasay. And so it is in the, in the rope of the inheritance. If you cut any one of, the, of those ropes, when you tie the knot, it's not just enough to make one knot, you have to make a double knot. That's why you can, when you're doing tshuva, the sign of doing tshuva is, if you just, you did tshuva, and then you're just going back to the, the Jew you were before, that's not tshuva. Tshuva means that when you're coming back, there is a, there's a, and he said earlier, there's a here. You're returning with an extra vigor and an intensity and therefore, everything you're doing is doing a double. Whatever you did, twice as much. And this is also what the Pasuk says. This idea that you can be mesakin chata'im through limud And not only that, through Torah study. And not only that, but the Aravaris that can only be mesakin through limud That's we're learning now. The Pegama Bris, it's only mesakin through, only fixed through limud there's a pasuk. It says, Sorry, With kindness and truth, a sin is forgiven. Kindness is kindness, that's tzedakah. Ms is Torah. With Torah, the ain ms el Torah. As Chazal say, um, Chazal say, and, and, and a proof to that, Chazal say that the children of Eli, the Torah says, the, the Navi said, they're not going to be forgiven. 
they sinned, the family of Eli, and they got cursed by Hashem, that they're going to be, that none of them are going to live long, they're all going to die young. And all the grandchildren of Eli, they all were dying very young. So the Gemara says that Abaya and Rava were Enoch grandchildren from Eli, but they lived a long life. Not lived long, Rava lived till 40 at least, and Abaya lived till, Rabba, Rabba lived till 40, and Abaya lived till 60. Why? So the Gemara says over there, because it says, but Hashem swore to the house of Eli that, that he's not going to, that he's not going to, he's not going to forgive, he's not going to accept a, a uh, it, I don't know, the Pasuk, yeah, the Pasuk is like this. This is the Pasuk. I'm going to read it to you over here. So Pasuk. Shmuel says in the name of Hashem, L'chein ishbati l'beis Eli, I swore to the beis Eli, im yiskapir ovain beis Eli, if it will be forgiven, the sin of beis Eli, b'zevach u'mincha ad oilam, that no matter how many karbonas they bring, it will never be forgiven. So the sages say, with a carbon, it won't be forgiven. But that even the sin of base Eli will be forgiven with extra kindness, with a lot of tzedakah, and with MS and with Torah study. And that's why Rabbah and Abaya lived longer. Rabbah only did one. Rabbah was Osek in Torah all day. So Rabbah lived to 40. Abaya, who was involved in Torah and in Gemilas Chasadim, he lived till 60, even though he was from Eli's descendants. And there was a curse. Now, which sin did Eli do, the children of Eli? It was an Avera that had to do with, 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 with Pagam Habris. Why? The Pasuk says about, about, the Pasuk says about the children of Eli, it says, Eli became, was very old. He heard that which his sons had been doing. L'chol Yisrael. What were they doing? That they had relations with the women that were coming to the base of English. That's what it says. Simply it means, these were like the big, these were the Kohanim. These were the priests. And yet there was all kinds of stuff going on that shouldn't have gone happened. That's what it says in the Pasuk. So that's for sure, Pagam Abris. Right? That's what their sin was. However, the Gemara says that really their sin was, they weren't doing something like that. The sin was that the ladies were bringing um, karbanais at the end after a woman gives birth or after a woman has uh, certain types of, 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 not regular nida, but if she's a zava, then she brings special karbanais, two birds. And when the women would come, the, 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 uh, and, they, and, they, and, and then they can't go back to have relations with their husband until after they bring the karban. What they did was, they were not in a rush to offer the karbon. Sometimes they told them, come back tomorrow, this and that. Which means they pre prevented the, the, the women to be with their husbands. So that's also related to this pagam. The pagam of, of separating between a man and a woman. And separating, just like it's forbidden to have non-kosher relations, it's forbidden to separate and to cause a distance between a kosher relationship which, by the way, can lead also to non-kosher thoughts and all kinds of things. So which means their Avera was related to Pegam Abris. And what does the Taka say by them? It says that with the carbon it's not forgiven. Because as we said earlier, Chuvetata does not help for this Avera, because it's a Pegam in the Moach, in the brain. 
And the only thing that it can be a tikkun for it is chesed and ve'emes, which means is dafkis rucha berucha. To cleave to the Abishter in, in a sense where you're connecting your mind to Hashem. So you're doing a, t- a tikkun in the mind and bringing about a total healing to the nefesh. Even in a very hard to fix spot, you can fix it by learning Torah. So the Egeris HaTshuvi really is laying out in mamish direction that you can really fix everything. Basically, just love the Abishter and start being a Yid. That's all he's saying. Love God. Join in the relationship. Run into an embrace with Hashem and you'll become completely rejuvenated. Be completely re, re, remade as a new being. Completely as, as, as you become assimilated into the Abishter. And then everything is fixed. And it's not far from us. We can do it. That's why he's writing it in the book. Not that just we should learn it, but that we should actually do it. Okay, everyone. We should all have, all Yidin should have a complete. So next week, Thursday night, there won't be a shear because it's Rosh Hashanah. But then a week after that, before Yom Kippur, the night before Erev Yom Kippur, we're going to learn Be'ezus Hashem, Perik, Yud. The next chapter over here. Same time, 8.30. Perik, Yud.